Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Welcome back to another super exciting episode of Analyze Scripts because we have Devin Gimble joining us. She is a double board certified physician and founder and owner of Point Me to First Class, a business that helps employed professionals, entrepreneurs, and business owners with high personal and or business expenses earn tons of credit card points to travel the world in luxury. And if you're listening to this episode, you might be traveling because it is the week of Thanksgiving, you know, the busiest travel week of the year. And, you know, if you're not in luxury, maybe you'll learn some tips for next time. Devin believes that your expenses are your greatest asset if you know how to leverage them. And she's on a mission to change the face of first-class travel and help thousands of women travel more, travel better, and travel often using credit card points. So super cool. Thank you, Devin, so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. So I first, you know, learned about Devin by joining her Facebook group, the Point Me to First Class group, and I have started my points accumulation and journey. I haven't like redeemed anything yet, but do you want to just give Portia a little like update, I guess, because Portia, I don't think you're quite in like the credit card points game the same way I'm trying to enter. This. No, I'm like, a va- I'm, a, I'm a baby. Your baby. Okay. You're in your infancy. Yes. Well, it's fine. Everybody starts somewhere. You know, I started, (laughs) I tell this story 
in my own communities where I, for many years, was terrified of credit cards. I didn't have a single credit card, you know, in my teens, my 20s, even into my late 20s. I was very scared of credit cards. I'd always been told that they're dangerous. You can get into debt. And the whole situation around that really frightened me. And I had no money growing up. So I was like, well, I have no money to spend, you know, anyway, like, yeah. get a credit card, you know, like, I don't know, I'm going to pay it off. So I avoided credit cards for a really long time. And it was only after I'd actually completely finished all my medical training, finished my residency, finished my fellowship, that I started to just educate myself about personal finance in general, just how can I be responsible, you know, financially, how do I make that transition from being a forever student, a forever trainee into having a grown up job and being able to make, you know, really responsible financial decisions around retirement and savings and, you know, all of these things that they don't teach you that, right. That they don't teach us, at least not when I went through school, no one talks about any of that stuff. And I didn't have, you know, a personal familial kind of background in education in that. So it was all personal education and in learning just about basic personal finance, you know, as one does, you go on the internet, you end up going down Mm -hmm. all these different rabbit holes, following all these different links. I started falling into these travel blogs and points blogs where people were talking about, you know, how you can responsibly and really strategically use credit cards to earn points and then redeem those points or use them to fly, you know, domestically or internationally, use them for hotel stays, and that you could actually save a significant amount of money, not just, you know, $100 every few years, but a lot more than that. And I have had a lifelong love of travel, but not the first class travel budget to send myself to all of these places. And so it seemed like this perfect match between here's an opportunity, again, very strategically and responsibly to leverage the spend that I was doing anyway, you know, to run my life and, you know, to run a business and all of these things to turn that into an opportunity to travel without having to spend cash on it so that I could actually use my disposable income towards other things like paying down my student loans, you know, and saving for you know, a house down payment and all of those things. And so that is really kind of the short story about what credit card points are and how they can actually really be used to enhance your travel and your life experience without compromising you financially. I love that. I'm like in my baby phase, but I will say (laughs) I'm very pro, of course, responsibly, but I'm always like telling my mother-in-law and other people like, stop using your debit card. Yeah, the grocery store. Yes. Use your credit card. You're gonna get three percent cash back on that card. Like, you know, difference of points. But I just think it's so funny too. Like, you know, if you have the means right to pay off the credit card, if you're using it almost as cash, it's like it's yes. such an unknown, I think, wonderful resource to be able yeah, to use. A hundred percent. And and you really need the hit the nail on the head that it really is a hobby to get into once you're already in a place, you know, in your life and in your finances where you are comfortable and able to pay off your credit card statements in full every month. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. The math doesn't math in terms of getting value out of doing this. But I think it's something that anyone can learn about. And then you can take baby steps into this hobby based on, you know, what your comfort level is, again, where you are financially. But to not even know about this as an option is one of the things that I'm trying to get rid of. You know, I think in the personal finance world, there are a couple of things that I think people just really accept to be true nowadays. Like most people would not just leave a lot of cash in a bag in their house, right? Maybe for safety reasons, but also because it's going to lose value over time, right? You move up a step from that. Most people also wouldn't leave all of their liquid assets in a savings account in a bank, right? Because again, over time with inflation, you're going to lose value on that money. That's why we have these different vehicles to allow our money to grow over time, right? There's the stock market, there's real estate investing, there's traditional retirement accounts, there's all these options And I think in the world of personal finance, it's now very accepted that we would want to take our money, our saved money, and allow it to do some heavy lifting and grow for us, right? And I don't think yet the same conversation is being had around our expenses that, like you said, to pay things just with a debit card or just with cash, of course, that's a very responsible thing to do. And if you can also leverage something like a cashback credit card or a points earning credit card responsibly, to me, that's the same thing as really leveraging your money to grow for you on your investment side. Yeah, 100%. And you might be able to go to India with mm-hmm. your exactly. points. Exactly. <laughs> right. There are you so many places been... you can go to, but I think today we are going to talk about India in particular. <laughs> right. So have you been there, Devin? Yes, I have. And actually, I have been to India twice and 
I've never actually been to India using points because the two times that I went to India, the very first time was when I was in medical school and we had a, not a long break, but we had sort of a traditional winter break in medical school, you know, around at the end of December. And I remember, I think it was my second year of medical school. They had given us this offer where whatever module we were learning, I think it was like female reproduction or something like that, where if we studied ahead or we took the test early, we could actually have an extra week of winter break. I can't remember exactly what it was. I just remember thinking like, yes, it it was. It probably was female reproduction. They're like, come on, let's hurry up. Let's get through this. We don't need to know that much about it. Right. It's like, what's the subject that's vitally important that most medical schools ignore or don't pay very much attention to? Like, well, I just cut that one short, right? But I remember thinking like, well, yes, you know, because if I can have an expanded break, this is going to be a great time for me to travel. And I had always loved travel and international travel. I had just done it on the most shoestring of shoestring budgets possible. And that was absolutely true in med school as well. I was on complete student loan support when I went to medical school. So, you know, I had, (laughs) you know, a ton of disposable income, but I could make it work. And so I ended up having a three week winter break in my second year of medical school. And I knew I wanted to go to India. I'd never been before. And so I went to India by myself for three weeks and it was absolutely amazing. But I flew, you know, the economy of economy classes, (laughs) you know, and took trains and buses around and it was amazing and incredible, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about points in medical school. And actually the second time I went was years later, I actually went in early 2016. So I had my first child, my son at the end of 2015. And when he was around three months old, I was like, I need a break. Like I need a solo vacation. Like I need to be somewhere, you know, that's just not kind of the routine of having an infant at home because it's very, very challenging and stressful. And like I said, travel has always been a really important part of my life. And I didn't do a lot of travel the whole year, you know, that I was pregnant with him. Sure, sure. And so I went back to India. Actually, I took my mom because she had wanted to go and didn't really feel comfortable doing a lot of solo travel. So I was like, this is great. You know, let's go to India together. I've been there before. You know, we'll, we'll go to some places I've been, some new places. And I knew about credit card points at that time, but I had not yet really developed my redemption abilities, my ability to find really great flights using points. And so I remember this too, because I had been out of training for a couple of years. And for me, this was a huge splurge because we bought the tickets using cash. And I bought, it was the first time in my life, I bought an international flight in premium economy, which was like such a huge upgrade to me compared to like flying in in economy for, you know, 12 or 15 hours. And it was way better than being in economy. And I still remember though, you know, on the flight home, there was still, you know, the traditional three seats together. And I always pick a window seat. I'm a window seat person. And my mom had an aisle seat and this really polite, nice Italian gentleman was in between us. So like the whole flight home, you know, my mom and I are flying in premium economy, this is a very nice Italian gentleman in between us. And I just remember, distinctly remember thinking one day, like one day I will be able to take this type of flight in business class. And that yeah. is actually exactly what points have done for me. So it was, so <laughs> that cool. actually may have been the last time I flew a long haul international class in economy or premium economy, because since then I have only used points to fly internationally and, you know, being able to do that. And like I said, really kind of developing my redemption skills, learning how to leverage those points to book business class internationally has changed my entire travel experience. Oh my God, I the, bet. the flight for me always used to be like the thing that you tolerate to get where you're going, right? The destination is the point. And ever since I learned how to use points, now actually the flight itself is part of the journey. It's actually an oh. enjoyable part of the journey, which it never was for me for many, many years. <laughs> That's we- such a good point. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice, nice word choice, Portia. <laughs> As we were starting this podcast, you know, we we started thinking about like, okay, so like, what are our delusional goals for ourselves? And mine is that one day, maybe we won't even need this if we get so good at using our credit card points, but mine is one day we'll get like one of those sponsors that's a lay flat airline. That's my dream is to, you know, lay in the lay flat airline. And I always say like, I don't even have to go anywhere. Just take me up, circle around and come on down, you know, but I bet, I bet that just makes that long haul so much better and then you start your vacation feeling like excited and good and not like in back pain. Absolutely. That has been a big thing for me. You know, I'm not that old. I'm in my early 40s, but I have noticed even from when I used to do 
I mean, these ridiculous long haul flights when I was in my 20s. You know, I remember when I was in residency, there were two years in a row where I was joining projects that were happening in Vietnam. And I remember distinctly flying from Boston where I was doing my residency, of course, in economy (laughs) to Vietnam, where, you know, between the time changes and stuff, you know, it ends up being like two days later from the time you left to the time you land being in Vietnam for three days, getting on the airplane, coming home and then coming back, you know, for residency, like your rotation Monday morning. And I remember at that point in my life, you know, flying literally like around the world (laughs) in a week, it was a little tiring, but the jet lag didn't really hit me. You know, physically, it was a little uncomfortable. It wasn't that bad. But, you know, as I've gotten older, and I think especially just the physical toll of, you know, the work that I was doing, which was not as laborious as being like a surgeon, you know, which I think is a very physically challenging medical profession to be in. I'm a pathologist, but literally sitting at a desk in the same stature for eight, nine, 10 hours a day for years and years and years, you know, my body now, especially if I'm sitting in a really, really cramped space for a prolonged period of time, my whole body just starts hurting, you know, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to that experience. Certainly people who might have chronic medical conditions, you know, or other physical conditions with their bodies it can be very, very hard, you know, to sit, especially in those shrinking airline seats that we have now that are smaller than I remember them being when I was in my 20s, you know, to do again, like a 10, 12, 14 hour flight, it can be really, really prohibitive to people physically. And so yeah, being able to be in a business class seat, where you actually have space, you can actually put your feet up your legs up, you know, it makes a world of difference. And I think one of the things that's the most it continues to shock me, even though I've been doing this now for so many years and and really being able to leverage points and flying so many places myself that what you end up paying out of pocket when you book a business class flight using points, because you still have to pay some taxes or fees for the airline, that amount of money ends up still being so much less than the cost of an economy ticket. So the fact Mm -hmm. that using points, you know, you can fly, especially international business class for significantly less than what I use the deals I used to search for in economy, it still kind of boggles my mind. mind. This is real and it's legal and it actually works. <laughs> yeah. And again, you're accruing the points by just using the cards smartly for your everyday expenses, which is just cool. It's like, why not get a benefit for living, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to me, it's like solving a puzzle, which I think some of it's us fun. really like that, you know, like whether you really like, you know, word puzzles or number puzzles or whatever the case may be. To me, the whole points game is how can I figure out yeah, how I can earn the highest number of points again for this money I'm spending already. I'm not talking about spending extra money, but we're all spending money to run our lives. And those of us who also happen to run businesses spend money to run our businesses. So it's the puzzle of how can I figure out how to earn as many points as I can for this money I'm already spending And then I get to trade that in for something that's really amazing. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. a fun puzzle to solve. And then the prizes you save money and you get to travel and have these amazing travel experiences that, again, are things that I otherwise probably would not choose to spend, you know, cash Mm -hmm. for the equivalent type of travel. I'm just thinking of Sonny, our hotel manager in the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. If he maybe had used points, right? So he has this business, the hotel. When he, because he like paid for their airfare, right? To come down. It could have been paid with points. I'm sure it wasn't because he seems a little scattered. scattered. Katrina, do you want an intro? Yeah. That's great segue, Portia. So uh, today we're going to be talking about the film, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, which came out in 2011. It's a British comedy drama directed by John Madden with a screenplay written by Old Parker. And it was actually based on a, a book, the 2004 novel, These Foolish Things by the novelist Deborah Mogok. I'm probably not saying her name correctly, but it's a really fun movie. I hadn't seen it before, but I, I thought it was really fun. You know, you see a great cast of British actors and actresses, like every single one. I was like, oh my God, Judy Dench, Maggie Smith, just an all-star cast of, you know, retirement age folks who seems like are kind of, you know, in a financial pinch They're all, for all their different reasons. You know, one's daughter sort of like invested all their retirement savings in a startup that didn't take off the ground. Another one's husband, you know, died leaving all this debt she had to pay off. You know, everyone has like their different story. And so they all 
find themselves going to India to stay at the best exotic Marigold Hotel. And then in like teeny tiny letters, it says for the elderly and beautiful. (laughs) And then of course, you know, the whole point of the film, I think is that they find themselves at this hotel, which isn't what, you know, isn't how it looks online. I think a lot of people traveling in Airbnbs these days kind of find themselves in that situation. And then they're totally in this like culture shock. And you see how each of them copes with that and you see their stories play out. And it's a really interesting take on traveling, I think, internationally and seeing how different personality types like cope with the hiccups and the speed bumps and the unexpectedness that comes with traveling like that. I'm just thinking of Jean. So that's the wife of Douglas, who's just really pessimistic the whole time. Yes. So probably not someone you'd want to travel with, probably is is choosing, I'm assuming, not to travel typically. But I thought, you know, when you're talking about first class, right? She's so excited that she can afford a first class. You know, I think she says turning right. She's going to turn left. (laughs) Which is just like, you know, she paid full price because she just came into some money, it sounds like. But I just was laughing, kind of thinking about music points for this, but... Ooh, she was rough to kind of watch, just so negative. Yeah, I think this is a movie I was telling Katrina earlier that I'm the type of person where if I find a movie that I like, I will very easily watch it. I mean, literally like 10 times, 100 times. Don't even ask my husband how many times I've seen this movie. I mean, (laughs) I still probably have it on in the background, you know, like every other week. It's one of my favorite movies to travel with you know, to just load up onto my iPad and just watch little bits and pieces of because I know the story so well. And I think one of the things that to me, I think there's so many interesting and compelling points of this movie and the different characters. But speaking specifically about that one character that you're talking about is I I think that she is such sort of an archetype of what I consider to be the type of person who travel could really benefit but they don't have any sort of ability mm-hmm. <laughs> to receive that, you know, to, to yeah. be able to go into a place that is very different, you know, from what they're used to. And to also use that experience to say, what is for me here, right? Like, and yeah. I think about all of the different options that are available to us when we travel. And people, of course, have so many different types of preferences, like the places they like to go, the type of travel they really enjoy. And I think one of the things that resonates with me about this movie is that even though I had no background as a child growing up of traveling the world or people really educating me about the differences, you know, that the world holds and all of the different people that populate this world, right? And all the amazing and rich cultures and histories that come from around the world. I think one of the things I've always loved the most about travel is going to places that don't seem familiar to me that don't seem like a replica of where I grew up. And Hmm. I actually grew up in Southern California. So, you know, that was kind of the center of my universe for the first 20 years of my life. You know, it was like, that was what was my frame of reference. And so, you know, when I travel now, and even when I started traveling as a late teen and early in my twenties, I was never really drawn towards places that I think are sort of American peripheral. Like I think like like London. Exactly. And I think, I mean, is London amazing? I'm sure it is. I've never been there or not more than for a layover, you know, and again, you know, do Western countries have, you know, rich cultural histories? Yes, absolutely. And I was never that drawn to going to places that were going to be very similar to the States. I was always really drawn to, you know, there's so much more out there. And so, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that I love this movie is because it shows so much about what some of those differences are. And I can, I, I have such an affinity for that. Like the scene where they finally land, you know, they take this long international flight, they finally land and the ride that was supposed to pick them up from the airport to take them to, you know, their sort of retirement hotel community isn't there. So they all have to get on, you know, a local bus and take a local bus to this city. And the scene where there's just so much about that, honestly, that, yes. that I love and can relate to where it's like, as I remember the very first time this happened to me, the very first country that I traveled in, lived in for a short period of time, you know, way far outside of North America was actually Kenya. I lived there for a summer when I was an undergrad and they have these mini buses there. And I can't remember the name of them off the top of my head. I should have looked it up before we did this episode, but I can just so remember like literally this picture of me standing on the road, waiting for one of these mini buses to come and it pulls up and I think this is such such a North American way of looking at something where you look at a minibus and you can count, you know, the number of rows that are in it and your head kind of does the calculation of, 
okay, well, there are, I don't know, nine seats in this minibus. So you look at the line of people and you think, oh, the first nine people are going to get on. We're all going to sit, you know, like in our little designated seat and we're going to go on our way. And I remember the very first time the minibus came and 32 of us, you know, get into the minibus where it's like you get in and the nine seats are full. And then it's like, yeah, well, there's more people, right? So like, yeah, let's make some room. Let's squeeze them in. And then, you know, there's like a couple little kids. They fit on our laps. That's great. You know, like (laughs) some people you know, the, the door of the little minivan isn't going to close all the way. And there's places where people can hang on, you know, and <laughs> it's the same thing with that scene, you know, in right, the right. where everybody, you know, piles on and there's all the stuff that's tied to it. And then the driving, right? I think this is one of the things yes. that cracks me up so much about seeing, especially seeing North Americans when they travel outside of sort of North American or Western countries for the first time. And some of the things that work very differently and seeing their reactions and driving is one of those things that mm-hmm. in North America, like we have a way that we drive, right? Like we love our lines. We love our rules. We love like <laughs> the stoplights and the yep. everyone kind of knows what to expect. And that's not the way that driving is done in a lot of other countries and it still works and it's very efficient, right? So when they're in the bus and the buses are in the quote unquote wrong side, you know, of traffic to go around other buses, you know, and there's two lanes that you see that are drawn on the road, but maybe there's five lanes worth of cars and they all know how to navigate around each other. So it works, right? So this is efficient and it works, but you can see the reactions of, you know, very kind of traditionally, you know, North American or European people who are like, what the hell is going on? We're all going to die. This makes no sense, but it does make sense, right? And I think that's one of my favorite things about travel in general is getting so far out of your comfort zone. The way that you think things are supposed to work, yeah, maybe in one place that is how they work. doesn't mean that's the best way for them to work. Right. Right. I think we see an interesting comparison between Jean and Muriel, right? So it's like Muriel comes in hot, like more, I, oh. no, 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 no. And then she is able to receive, right? Like, and really, you know, is she's racist at I first, know. Yeah. like quite you know, racist. Kind of the one you don't like to like at all. And then and it's I was like, like no, yeah. switch. Yeah. Right. I was like, no, Professor McGonagall, like, no, like, what are you doing being so racist? And that, that was so interesting to me. And I think this film does such a good job, you know, exploring that through these different characters is like, I wouldn't have thought she'd be the one, given what we saw from her, to really open up her mind by the end and actually, like, come to work at this hotel and work with the team and be really open, you know, even to the woman who was, you know, like, delivering her food. And I did not see that coming, that she would be the one to really open her mind based on those early depictions of her. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that that's something that is a really good reminder for some of us. You know, I I think that when we travel, we're always going to be confronted with some challenges. At least that's been my experience, right? Like not everything always goes according to plan or sometimes you might have been a place where like some things just don't make sense to you, right? Or they really make you question like, wait a minute, why are things done so differently here than what I was expecting? And like, why am I having a problem with that if I am, right? And to be able to have an example, right, of, and these are all obviously fictitious characters, but I think that example of seeing, okay, so maybe you have an experience where like you, you are not interested, right? In kind of opening up your mind to a different place or a different way of doing things. And at the same time, you know, like when you are willing to do that, I think that is one of the biggest impacts that travel can have on us. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that for better or for worse, all of us to a certain extent, we're a product of our environment, right? Like we were all born somewhere. We were all raised somewhere. We Mm -hmm. were all sort of exposed to certain messages, you know, whether they were implicit or explicit coming from our families of origin or communities of origin, our schools as we, I don't know, this is a personal opinion of mine, you know, if you are educated in the public school system in North America, you're not exactly given a completely unbiased, you know, view of the world and of history. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of us carry around these things that we don't even realize that we were taught, you know, about just how places are and how the world works. And when you travel, I think it's such an amazing opportunity to really confront those things sometimes for the first time. Like, what was I taught or what have I been told to believe about different places Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. or my place in the world? Mm -hmm. And to be able to confront that and then actually Mm -hmm. look around you and look at what you're seeing about, wait a minute, you know, I'm in this place that on the surface doesn't make sense to me because it doesn't resemble where I came from. But what is actually true about this place? You know, what is true about the way that people relate to one another about the way that people love one another or take care of one another. And I think 
at a very basic level to me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Travel is really about experiencing that level of humanity wherever you are. Because I have never yeah. been to a place where people were not just genuinely humane. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't speak personally yeah. languages other than English. So that's, you know, my inability sometimes to communicate with people. But I think even when you go to somewhere where you have not educated yourself about how to speak the language of that area, you still have that opportunity to observe just how do people treat one another? You know, and, and I think that there's just this conserved, again, humanity, no matter where you go in the world. And I think that when you're able to kind of see that and latch onto that, it can really help you to begin to understand that like, oh, wait a minute, maybe some ideas I had about this type of place or I had about, you know, this area of the world aren't actually that true or that relevant. You know, and the yeah. the invitation to be able to kind of like drop some of those preconceived notions, I think it's one of the really powerful impacts that travel can have. Right. If you're open to it, you know, if you're like one of these characters who wants their, you know, boiled chicken and rice and their little cookies and you're not you know, open to trying the new food or the new drinks or, you know, sort of being open to the culture, then it's going to be like really hard for you, like we see with Jean. But I think you are so right, Devin, and this film does such a great job of also depicting just such like common experiences in humanity and how it we all experience it no matter what culture we're in or where we find ourselves like grief, aging, love, loss, like all of that that we see depicted in this movie in such a beautiful way. And how even like the crop of British characters, like they don't know each other. So they're also like getting to know each other, like making friends and, you know, at that stage of your life. And how do you deal with it? And then we see, you know, especially with Graham, who I just loved his character, you know, seeing like the way his sexuality affected his life in both of these cultures and how it was dealt with or not dealt with and how he's like coming to terms with that at this phase of his life and reuniting with his old partner and and just how beautiful that was. I think about like travel and intent with travel, right? So Mm -hmm. like, I think, you know, even thinking about moving or, or traveling for a shorter time period, I like to remind clients that like, wherever you go, you take yourself with you. So, you know, keeping that in mind, some, you know, just thinking of like travel tips, right? So if you are someone who's more anxious, it's like, okay, like, how can you do things in preparation for this trip to make you have a better experience? So maybe you have to plan more. And you have some backup plans or, or if this goes wrong, this is how I'll handle this. Or mm-hmm. and you're making sure you take your medications with you extra uh-huh. Uh-huh. you're there for longer. So I think it's just like even trying to know yourself as mm. a traveler can help prepare you. So it's like Jean, I think maybe I'm, you know, leaping here, but like seems like she doesn't have like super great self-awareness. But and, and she also just like doesn't want to be there. And, and and it's it's not like a fun experience for her. It's like, oh, this is what we're like left with. But then, you know, if we see Evelyn, who is grieving, she had, you know, some significant, like negative stuff to deal with, with learning that there was all this debt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she is going there, taking herself and her grief and establish kind of a home. And it's like, she feels more secure, despite right grief and, you know, other challenges versus just to handle travel, I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, she really like gets her feet on the ground. She gets her first job. You know, both her and Jean are dealing with like financial catastrophe that led them, you know, into this situation, but they handle it so differently. Yeah. And I think one of the really fascinating things about travel, you know, I think back on just 
different trips I've taken, different, you know, types of experiences I've had. And especially when I was younger. So sort of the first couple of times I really had an experience, again, to leave, you know, the United States and to visit places with very different histories, you know, and very different current, you know, situations than the United States. I think one of the things that I really noticed for myself was sort of this opportunity, like the opportunity to hang on to what you know and the way that you're used to things being. And whether or not you were going to let other places being different than what you were used to, like, is that going to be an opportunity for me to get really anxious, for me to get really frustrated, or for me to try to impose what I'm used to, like on a place Mm -hmm. that has no interest or no like need to be what I want it to be? Or, you know, can I really kind of walk into this scenario and say, wait a minute, this place works very differently than what I am used to. And what can I do with that? Like what opportunity is here for me? And I I really remember when I was in, I took an extended period of time off, I guess, at least for, you know, traditional sort of educational pathway. I took about two years off in between being an undergrad and going to medical school. And even though I knew the whole time I was an undergrad, I wanted to go to medical school. I also knew that once I started, I probably wasn't going to have the opportunity to take a lot of breaks, right? To go around Mm -hmm. and travel around the world, you know, for an extended period of time until probably traditional retirement age. And so I deliberately took a couple of years off so that I could go and really kind of wander around the world. And I spent a couple of months living and traveling around Southeast Asia. And I just remember kind of the way of traveling then. It was, for me, a very nostalgic time. It was still kind of pre-digital era. Like the internet existed, but everything was still dial-up. There were internet cafes. No one had, you know, cell phones where you could basically just walk around with Google Translate and Google Maps and all of these things, you know, and it was very much more of a like nomadic kind of time Mm -hmm. for travel. And, you know, I remember that we would just sort of make plans on the fly. You know, you'd hear about a place that someone had just come back from that you hadn't planned on visiting and it sounded amazing. So like, maybe we should take a bus there overnight, you know, and go and stay mm-hmm. in this place for two or three days and never kind of really knowing what to expect. Again, you know, I, I consider myself very typically North American in my love of schedules. And like, if someone says that a flight is leaving at a certain time or a bus is leaving at a certain time, I'm standing there at that time thinking, okay, where's the bus? Where's the train? Yeah. You know, and just kind of learning how to be very flexible, you know, around concepts yeah. of things like time that not everybody has this same worship of time and schedules as we do here, you know, in North America and really kind of seeing like, wait a minute, you know, like I can come in here and get super frustrated that the way I thought something was going to unfold isn't the way that it's going to unfold. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I did, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a human being. There were a lot of times I was frustrated sure. or used or like, I don't know what's happening here. And at the same time, I remember coming home from that that specific trip where I spent a couple months, you know, traveling and living in different places in Southeast Asia. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, I have such a greater capacity to be flexible now. And that is one of the things that that trip really taught me was just the benefit of letting go of that. And my experience was so much better, you know, when when I finally was kind of able to embrace that invitation to just be more flexible, be Mm. a little bit less uptight about every single thing. And honestly, I don't know if I would have learned that in the same way if I never had taken that trip. You know, if I had stayed at home and worked a summer job like I normally did, you know, or something like that. I don't know that I would have gotten that same lesson. Oh, that's such a good point. And I think like a beautiful way of experiencing something we talk probably Portia you do too a lot about in therapy with with patients is like you know like knowing yourself and knowing what are your personality traits or quirks that are like a positive and a negative like you know that rigidity that planning on the one hand probably made you like such a good pathologist and doctor and probably makes you like so good at this like credit card point stuff but on the other hand could be an impediment when you're traveling and you need to be more flexible, but like, what a great way to learn how to do that without also losing that other part of yourself that helps you in these other areas. And like, how can you marry those two elements of your personality and learn like how to foster that skill, that cognitive flexibility? You know, I think that that's also reflected, you know, in the movie, you would kind of touched on the character, you know, Evelyn, where, you know, it wasn't actually her plan, you know, initially to go and live in this, you know, retirement hotel in India. And she did it, like you said, because, you know, her husband passes away, she's left with a lot of debt. And 
So it's not like she jumped in, you know, with both feet thinking, oh, this is going to be just, just an Great. amazing, incredible experience. Yeah. And you yeah. see her and how adaptable she is. And I think, yeah. especially for someone, again, you know, I feel like one of the things that was kind of like more a common message when I was growing up than it is now is just sort of like, you are the way you are. And especially mm -hmm. the older you get, the less likely right. that you are to be able to change and adapt. And I love seeing examples of people, you know, in their 60s or 70s, you know, whatever, doing these brand new things and adapting and then getting yeah. to a place where they're actually thriving even more right after that adaptation. And I think that's one of the reasons that I really love her character, you know, is that at the end when she's on the motorbike with Bill Nye's character, yes. you know, and they're just like driving through the streets of, of Jaipur. And she has really kind of undergone, you know, that, that adaptation. And yeah. I think that that's a really nice example, you know, for us to see. And I think, especially again, you know, to see that not in someone who's five, like I, I expect kids to be like really, really adaptable and flexible, right. but you know, to see that in an adult, you know, who can really kind of take on that unexpected challenge and then become, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's such a great depiction of that, like human capacity for resilience if you're open to it and you have those tools in you to be able to do, right? And I'm sure like she kind of like her and Douglas kind of like drew from each other's strengths, right? Whereas like Jean, Douglas's wife just wasn't interested. She just wasn't. She wanted to go home and like, fine, you know, fine. That's that, that's her, 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 you know, prerogative. But it was really interesting to see that. And I think, you know, as we're thinking about travel, you know, I think some of what we're talking about can translate from international travel to like getting in the car and going to see your in-laws for Thanksgiving, right? Like I think even something like that small can be stressful for a lot of people, right? Yeah, picking up your stuff. I mean, family dynamics, just getting everything in the car, forgetting things. I think what's nice now just to keep in mind too is that if you are going for, you know, I, I guess like a couple days and you're not going into the middle of the forest, I guess, like we have Amazon or there's yeah. stores. So like right, you right. can get things that, you know, we forget. But I think, you know, Katrina and I had talked about and it's coming out later in more of our holiday season, just like setting boundaries for yourself, knowing your limits, mm -hmm. having outs. And I think that can be applied, right, to like travel for pleasure and just traveling, you know, maybe an hour away to see family or friends during this this crazy busy time. Yeah, it's normal to feel stressed, even even if you're super excited. And if you're someone like me who like gets such a dopamine hit and such a thrill from like planning a trip, I feel like part of the fun for me with vacations is like planning it and fantasizing about it and thinking about all the different options. Like I love to do that. Even if once we get there, we don't follow the itinerary, we just, you know, do whatever we want. But I still like love it. Like, I don't know. I just love that part of it. I think because I am such a planner that it just like, you know, does something for me. But yeah, like even traveling more closer to home, you can use some of those tips. So I think we were kind of laughing about even just our own travel experiences. So I, for the first time ever, I'm, I'm a very anxious traveler. I'm, I'm very interested in going places. I'd like to be open to them, but I had never gone to Europe or anything. Like I, I went to Hawaii, but nothing else like off the continental US. Only last summer, I went to Italy and Greece and ended up at a wedding. So that's kind of why we went. And I was laughing when you were talking about the driving because especially in Greece, like we're going like 90 miles an hour. Our luggage is like tied to the top and we, we didn't, we couldn't figure out how to get a cab. Like it was just like chaos. And we were all, you know, gritting. I had a great time, but even just noticing like where my anxiety would kind of peak or where I was very like surprised and proud of myself for managing well. And mm -hmm. I will say that I did walk away with more confidence. So I do feel mm -hmm. like I can do it again. But I think it's just like taking that first step and doing it and maybe starting with a more right, like similar place, at least if you're like me, is really helpful in building confidence to now yeah. go to Europe, to now know that I can manage my way through there. So, but something that I was laughing also about in the movie and I wanted to just bring up is their little quick depiction of them all going to the bathroom. 
Yes. Like many times <laughs> after starting, just like to eating the food at right. Like I think that's something that is, I guess I'd say common, right? With traveling, like we get used to where we are, our, our mm-hmm. guts. And so when we introduce something new, it doesn't mean it's bad or unsafe. It's just like different and our, different. Yeah. Our bellies are a little slower to adapt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think again, especially if you're going to be traveling internationally to a lot of different places, something is oftentimes bound to happen. I mean, I, I'm pretty careful in terms of drinking water. You know, I think when you're traveling internationally, I think it's always a good idea to drink bottled water just because that's usually kind of like the most reliable source. But, you know, with food, I've seen so many things happen. I've seen people get sick, you know, eating at quote unquote, really high end restaurants. You know, I've seen people get upset stomachs from eating, you know, things that they can pick up, you know, at street markets and street carts, which is like amazing food oftentimes, you know. And so I think, yes, if you go in there, I I think one of the things for me, again, just having had the experience of traveling to a lot of different places and doing a lot of it solo, but then sometimes also traveling with other people. So having that ability to kind Mm -hmm. of see their experience and when it's very different from mine, being like, oh, hmm, I wonder, wonder what what's happening here. Like, why? Why are we having such a different either physical or emotional experience due to the same thing that's happening here? And I think, again, a lot of it comes down to expectation, right? Like if you have an expectation that things are going to work for you exactly the same way that they do when you're home, then maybe you are going to be disappointed or maybe you're going to be in a situation where when that doesn't happen, you have a little bit less capacity to kind of manage that and deal with it because ultimately, like I said, things are going to come up, you know, and... I think when you walk into an international travel situation, or like you guys were saying, even a domestic travel situation, and you're at least open to the possibility like, oh, something may not go exactly the way that I thought it would. Yeah. Knowing that almost all the time, there is a solution to that, right? Like, even if it's uncomfortable for a couple hours over a couple of days, oftentimes there is a solution. And it's really not going to be something that has just a horrible impact on your life. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's it, another flight, there's another car right. service, there's another time you can talk. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. And just, be, you know, preparing for that, like you said, like framing your expectations appropriately and knowing if you're someone who runs on the more anxious side or more rigid or controlled side, like maybe you work on that ahead of time and just say like, okay, so what are my expectations for this trip? Or I talk about this a lot in therapy, even with like, you know, planning a birthday party for your child, you know, like if you're someone who's more perfectionistic, like, okay, so these are my expectations. Like, let's drop it down by like half and see like, what does that feel like to settle in with? Or, you know, how will I sort of cope with the bumps in the road that come along and to just normalize, like, that's totally normal to feel stressed or anxious in a new place or by unexpected events or things going wrong like just that's normal for you to have those feelings. So like, how can you cope with it in the moment and talking about that? Yeah, that's a good idea to our listeners. You know, if any of you need some extra support during this time, maybe you should talk about it, right? With a friend or, you know, a a professional, but traveling, I think it's like, it could be the best and the most chaotic, right? And it's like, those often come together and can be both. And I do really love and wanted to point out Devin's use of and, frequently, mm-hmm. right? Like we're holding two things at the same time. So this can be very really and different. So very dialectical. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I had mentioned this to Katrina, but I do happen to be married to a psychiatrist. So while I do not <laughs> have any psychiatric skills whatsoever, I do think by osmosis, the fact that I've been around him now for 20 years throughout all of his <laughs> psychiatric medical training and just the benefit of hearing somebody mm-hmm. who is, you know, very skilled and very educated and very wise in terms of yeah, language and how we approach situations. You know, I think some of that has probably rubbed off on me just like a tiny, tiny little bit. <laughs> that's that's so great. Yeah, I that's love that. so great. I mean, I think like a, a theme that I'm hearing as I'm analyzing our conversation in real time is like the importance of, you know, knowing yourself, your strengths, maybe your weaknesses, how they bump up against each other, knowing what kind of boundaries you might have for yourself. Like Portia, you were saying, like maybe you you want to be someone who is a really adventurous traveler. Great, but maybe like let's start a little smaller. Maybe go with a partner you trust to sort of have that like almost like exposure to international travel to boost your confidence and then go somewhere more adventurous the next time and kind of build on it. And just learning how to like use positive coping skills, you know, like in these moments when things happen that are unexpected, everything from like, you know, 
deep breathing, grounding techniques, meditative techniques to, you know, if you're someone who needs medication to fly like propranolol or something like that to manage your anxiety. Great. Make sure you bring it with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think just like touching back to the movie a little bit, we see the capacity in, in all the characters to change. And I think, you know, right, like most people, everyone, maybe that's a little too generous, but does have the capacity. But it's like, mm-hmm. are you seeking that out? Do you yeah. want it? Do you know that you can't have it? And I think that's where it's like, I, you know, I think that Jean can have the capacity to travel and, and do things. But it sounds like at that time, you know, like she didn't want to. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure she can. And now she's going to have a lovely time flying home in first class. And yeah. will you know, it'll be a magical experience for her. So, you know, we, we got to figure know. out, I guess, what works for us. But yeah. I loved yeah. the movie. I had never seen I did it before. Too. It was yeah, so I sweet and beautiful and touched on loss and grief and aging and, mm-hmm. and, you know, being told you can't do something and doing it anyway. Like the message is just wonderful. So yeah. if you haven't watched it, please do. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Agree. And I think it just really also beautifully highlights India and the specific city in India, Jaipur, which is just such an amazing and vibrant and incredible place. And I love that you actually get to see little bits and pieces of that in the movie as well. So even if maybe you aren't thinking of actually taking a trip anywhere in the near future, but you kind of want to live vicariously, you know, through a movie, I think this is a really wonderful movie to be able to get a glimpse, you know, of just really how rich and gorgeous, you know, another place, another culture is. Oh, definitely. I love reading and watching things about India. I've read The Perfumist. It's a good book. It's about like a woman in the early 1900s who lives in England, but goes back to become this wonderful perfumist that like all these major beauty brands want at the time. And she spends a lot of time back in her roots in India and Mm. descriptions of the like flavors and colors and scents Mm. is so like, I could feel it reading movie. I'm actually getting right. The visual of all the colors and scents and food. I was like, Oh, I really want, you know, can we get takeout this week? I'm really in the mood. So, Oh, it was just wonderful. Yeah. It was great. It's great to have you too. Yeah. And I think as we wrap up, one thing I did also love about this film is like, sometimes I think maybe even with traveling, I haven't done a lot of international travel, but I, I think this, this concept of like cultural tourism is interesting. And I feel like in this film, it could have gone that way. They could have like, you know, gotten all these elderly folks on a van and gone to like all the major sites and stuff, but they didn't. It's like they really, whether they wanted to or not, kind of got immersed in the culture they were in. And you saw how some of them, like Evelyn, like wanted to immerse and really live in it. You know, like sometimes they would drive and she'd be like, no, I'm going to walk or I'm going to do this. And I just think that's an interesting way to think about it rather than just like plopping in and taking everything from the culture, really trying to make it more of like a two-way dynamic. I would imagine it just makes it all the richer all across the board. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, that that's a topic, honestly, there could there could be hours and hours of conversation about yeah. that. But I agree, you know, especially in countries that have a history, a very strong history, right, of colonialism, of yeah. you know, very imbalanced power structures, you know, and when you are someone who maybe is North American by descent or European by descent, being very mindful of those histories and thinking about, you know, yes, I think it is important to go out and experience the world. And also, how can we do it in a way that is less extractive, that is less about our going to place and what do we get out of it? Because I think that is honestly something that those of us who are North American, like we are just implicitly raised with that kind of behavior. And I think that we have an opportunity to really be mindful and deliberate about, you know, when we want to go out and we want to expand our own experiences in this world, how can we do that in a way that is incredibly respectful of the places that we're going that also gives back, right, to those communities that isn't just completely extractive by nature. And I think that that is a topic that deserves, again, I mean, so, so much. But, you know, starting from that place of really saying, like you said, what is it like to actually be immersed in a place versus just kind of landing there, you know, and and then just kind of like picking and choosing, you know, that's going to be useful for me. And I think, you know, especially now, one of the things that I really appreciate about travel when I think about it now compared to travel that I experienced 10 years ago, 20 years ago, is I do think there are more 
conversations about mm-hmm. how can we be responsible in the ways that we travel, right? How can we be more respectful in the ways that we travel? And I think that those are important conversations to continue to develop and to have with ourselves when we are, you know, going to go somewhere before, you know, we make our plans before we decide, you know, what are we going to do when we get to this place is, is kind of incorporating some of those questions into our travel planning. Yeah, I'm really happy we like are touching on that and kind of like landing there, just kind of thinking of your future travels and where you might be going and how can you, you know, protect every everyone as you travel yourself, of course, but how can you, you know, not, even if we think about like, making sure you're cleaning up after yourself and like, you're, yeah. you're, you're not leaving yourself there, you're, you're going as a guest, right. And uh, being respectful and right. mindful. And I just I, I like that tone with where, where we're kind of leaving it today. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, Devin, thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun. I feel like a little starstruck because I'm like trying to get into the points game. So this is like so cool to talk <laughs> to an expert. And I think too, like another woman who's like used her skill set and now translated it into something totally different and fun. I just uh, so admire it. So I'm so thrilled you were able to join us. I so appreciate it. I hope you had as much fun as we did. And why don't you just let everyone know where they can find you if they want to learn more about the points game and learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. First, thank you so much for having me. I love the way that you all do your show, the idea for it. It's so fun for me to have the invitation to come here and to talk about travel in a little bit of a different way than I normally do. So I really appreciate the invitation. I've loved our conversation today. And yeah, for anybody who kind of wants to find out more about the points world, the work I do, you can find me at my website. It's just pointmetofirstclass.com. I also have a podcast of the exact same name, Point Me to First Class. And that's where I talk about all sorts of different topics and issues around earning points and using points and just the point of points travel. So you can find me in either one of those places. And just thank you so much again for having me here today. Well, thank you all so much. And you can find us at Analyze Scripts Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. We are starting to release video podcasts. So if you're listening to this, please check out our YouTube channel for the video version. And we will see you next Monday and hope that your travels this week and in the future go well. As well as they can. And that you sort of coast along (laughs) the road. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyzed Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. 
unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.